Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Apologies for what happened on Friday. I recorded a podcast, but uh, just unfortunately some technical difficulties. So, unfortunately, what was Friday's problem is now the Monday ecstasy of EJ Raddick. Ecstasy was the first word that came to mind. I'd like to take that back. Um, But uh, what are you going to (laughs) do? We're not live, but you know what? I want to own it. I I want to own it. So EJ joins us here. I appreciate that. To talk some hockey and and, and untoward. I don't. I don't know what happened on Friday. I don't know what the hell happened on Friday. Well, I know exactly what happened, but yeah. it just you know, listen. I can't. Here's the thing. There's a lot of people that help this podcast, and they, they all do it out of the kindness of their heart. So someone dropped the ball, but uh, you don't. You you can't. These are people that are volunteers. Don't want to name names. You don't. You don't want to. Don't want to name names. But I don't know the names. No, it's all. If you want to name the names. You no, these are people now. that are that are nice enough to do it out of the kindness of their heart. Anthony Pusick's our producer; he was off, so other people were There's helping out, and There's you know, name. yeah, it's like you're putting up flyers for a missing dog, and you just you missed a few trees. I'll take the fall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, he's not even there. He's not even on on Friday. But uh, he named his name. Well, but 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 it's all right. He's allowed to take off. The Jets are on a bye, so he wanted to take a nice three-day weekend. And um, it's not his fault at all. Anthony Pusick is the salt of the yeah, earth, I, as are you. You were looking to name. I said name names, and you named one name, and the guy wasn't even working on Friday. <laughs> but so where to begin? I mean, a guy, I guess Connor McDavid could be out a couple of weeks here. Edmonton off to uh, to an interesting start. I mean, how concerning is this injury moving forward? Yeah, it's not good. I mean, yeah. it, it's certainly been, uh, it hasn't been the start the Edmonton Oilers and their fans were hoping for. I mean, uh, you know, one, three, and one in the first five, and now Connor's going to miss a little time, and he's going to likely miss the Heritage Classic game uh, next Sunday. I'll be up there at Edmonton calling that one for NHL International. And nice. We don't have the great 97 in action, but, you know, the Oilers have, they have bigger problems. I mean, they when I look at their roster, Goalies are inconsistent. The D is thin, um, and you know the bottom part of their forward group uh, is not really defined. So you know a lot is on the shoulders of of Drysaddle and McDavid and and Hyman and uh, those top guys there, Kane and you know uh, without McDavid it'll be a challenge. We'll see, but maybe they'll rally the troops there. I mean, off we see that happen, and it looks like he's only going to be out for a. They say, I think, two weeks, so that's really good news. It could have been way worse, so, you know, the Oilers will have to, uh, you know, they'll have to figure it out over the next little bit because, you know, it gets away from you early, you know? I mean, Colorado's off to a great start. Vegas is off to a great start, and to a lesser degree, it seems like Vancouver's got points. Dallas is doing well, so, I mean, we'll see how things go out in Edmonton, but they're going to have to figure it out over the next couple weeks without their best player, without the best player in hockey. 
Yeah, and, and, and since we're on the uh, subject of the Oilers, who lost 3-2 to two in overtime to Winnipeg, th- that's been a topic of conversation, too. The Winnipeg attendance issues, uh, a hockey-mad city, but they've had as many as you know five, 6,000 empty seats there, which is kind of just strange. Everybody's throwing their theories out. Do you have one? Um, I just think it's expensive to go to the hockey game, and it's not uh, a big, um, you know, it's not a big, big market, right? So, you know, and the team has been, uh, you know, has has not really had huge success there. Um, they made it to a conference final, I guess, in in Vegas's first year, so that would have been their most successful season. Um, the good news is, though, they have signed the, you know, their top players. They signed. Block, they signed Shifley, so I mean that sends a message to the fans that uh, you know the organization is able to keep some players there. It is early in the season. I think if the Jets start playing better or 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 can, can play at a higher level, like you know, they played pretty well last season, if they can get to that level again and have some consistency in their game, and uh, you know I think the fans they love hockey there. But the reality is, Don, I mean it's expensive to go to games, and it's expensive to go to any games these days. I mean, you know you. You know, baseball, basketball, hockey, football, it's all expensive. I mean, like, uh, you know, not to, to pick out the marquee event, but like the Super Bowl, right? I've always, I haven't never been to the Super Bowl. And I've thought about going. It's like thousands of dollars for a yeah, right. I know it's the big game, but I mean, literally thousands of dollars for a, for a single ticket to a game. I mean, it seems a lot. Now, you know, for hockey, I mean, it's, it can be for a good ticket, it can be a couple hundred bucks these days. And, that's challenging. So, I mean, the Winnipeg Jets are there mostly because of the philanthropic efforts of their ownership group because it's not a market where, you know, they don't have a huge, they don't have like a 17,000-seat building where it's a cash register, a little bit smaller building. And, uh, you know, the fan base is just not a fan base that, you know, is going to be able to afford the constant onslaught of uh everything that goes with, with major league sports these days. So I, I, I would, that would be my guess. We'll see how things play out. I think the fans there, you know, if the team plays well, like everywhere else, right, fans show up. So we'll see how things continue over the course of the season. But you're right. And then in Buffalo, too. And Buffalo's been another place where, you know, they love their hockey. But, you know, you, they've missed the playoffs for 12 years, albeit they've got a really entertaining young group there now. And they, see on the ver- they seem on the verge of making a breakthrough. But, uh, you know, there's been a lot of empty seats there as well. Yeah, we've seen that over the last couple of years. But I mean, and, and it's interesting that you know, like Buffalo and Winnipeg are very similar markets in different countries. Uh, Howie Rose had a joke. Howie's not a fan of Winnipeg. I am. I, I like Winnipeg a lot. Yeah. But Howie <laughs> went – because I remember when I got the, the Ranger, when Winnipeg came back in, I was in an elevator at City Field with him, and, and Winnipeg came back, and he's like uh, – He's like, sorry, Winnipeg's back. He goes, you're going to have to travel there. And I said, I'm kind of looking forward to it. And and the line from Howie was that um, Canada was jealous they didn't have a Buffalo, so they created Winnipeg. <laughs> so Howie's tough. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's tough. I, I again, I enjoy Buffalo. I enjoy Winnipeg, but they're and this is this is not meant to sound uh, disparaging. I, I think it's just accurate. They're more towns than cities. I mean, they're very small. It's a small market. They love their teams, but you know, there's not a a lot of the corporate presence that you have. Let's face it. You go to New York. You go to Boston. There's so many people to choose from, and I, you know, you go to Winnipeg, and everybody's wearing jet hats and coats. They love the team, but my my theory is is that 
they had a very difficult last couple of years, and they get bounced out of the first round. And and Shifley and uh, Hullabuck did not sign until very late in the off season, and there was a lot of speculation oh, that Hullabuck would be part gone. Of the season, right? Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I I went with this um, with the Yankees um, because Yankee attendance was great, despite the fact that the Yankees almost finished under five hundred. And people are like, "See, the building's still full." I said, "Well, wait till next year." People don't sit at the dinner table like we were kids going, hey, let's go to the game tonight and go to the ticket window and buy tickets. People buy tickets in advance. People buy tickets in the offseason. There's a lot of hype around the Yankees, as usual. So all those tickets are already sold. They were bought during the course of the winter. And now, because of the team, if they don't make the necessary changes, you will see the attendance be affected next year. Winnipeg gets bounced in the first round, um, had missed the playoffs the year before. Um, Shifley and Hullabuck might be gone. We already saw Line A and Dubois and, and different players that were stars there exit. And they probably took a wait-and-see attitude. Maybe if Hullabuck and, and, and Shifley had signed earlier, maybe people would have bought their tickets. I think you'll start to see it grow as long as the team, team starts to play. But I can understand when you're paying that kind of money, same thing at Buffalo. Let's wait and see. Team hasn't made the playoffs for 12 years. They're hyped up. All right, let's, let's yeah. see how it plays out before I start making yeah. the financial investment to go to games. I agree. I agree with that, and uh, we will see. And, uh, you know, it is. I, I would say this. When you look around at all the other markets, a lot of the other markets are doing very well. I see these attendance notes from all these other cities. And, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, like Florida, even, you know, Florida had a great run last year. There's a lot of excitement, to your point, right? It builds up. Now everybody wants to kind of be a part of it. Their first game, obviously, they, you know, they're going to have a huge crowd. But even in game number two, I think they had, like, 98% attendance from what I saw on the, uh, on the sheet. So a lot of the cities are doing very, very well. And they're packing the buildings, which is great. And uh, you know, it's, it's, and I think in the end, if teams uh, you know play well, you know, people show. That's just the way it goes. And I think you're right about Hellebuck and uh, you know, and Shifley signing late. But you know, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, I, I do want to, I do want to get to the Red Wings. I don't want to miss out on the Red Wings. I was going to be my next question. It was going to be my next question. I, I, yeah, I didn't. You know, it's like it's funny because like you know, we asked about Detroit. And Buffalo and Ottawa, and I'm, a, I'm, as an, I'm an Ottawa Senators kind of. Uh, I'm bullish on the Senators right now, mm-hmm. yeah. and I got to give the Detroit Red Wings a lot of credit. I mean, I might have missed the boat on the Red Wings, thinking about uh, how they've improved. I mean, I don't know if Debrinkat is going to continue to score at this level. I mean, he's got eight goals, I guess, in his first six games, and you know, the Red Wings have won five of six. Their power play is off the charts. They lost the first game to New Jersey, and they've won five straight since then. But uh, you got to give uh, the Red Wings some credit early in the season. I mean, they're doing what teams like that have to do, which is get off to a good start, pile up some points, and start to get a little cushion and start to feel good about you know who you are as a team. And you know the Red Wings are getting it done right now, so you got to give them a lot of credit. Yeah, I mean five and one, and even that game against New Jersey, they lost. They did not go away in that game. They hung around. They fought no. back. Eventually, lost the game. Uh, and they've got the best goal differential in the NHL. That's saying something when you've got Colorado, Vegas, and Boston all undefeated to start the season. So, yeah, we, we talked when we did the preview of what teams, especially Atlanta, could pop. Will it be Buffalo? Will it be Ottawa? Looks like, at least early on, it's going to be Detroit. Yeah, I mean, Ottawa got off to a good start, too. They just played over the weekend, and Detroit beat them pretty good, and they killed them on the power play, but... I mean, when you think about it, here's the Brinkout and Larkin. They both they lead the league in mm-hmm. scoring. They're the top two scorers in the league. Uh, Twelve points for the Brinkout, eight goals. 
And Larkin's got 11 points, eight assists. I mean, they're they're playing really well. The addition of Gostasker is probably helping their power play a lot. And uh, you know that that's been the biggest thing is that they're scoring on the power play, and the goaltending has been good enough. They added James Reimer in the off season. They have Huso. I mean, uh, you know, I got to give them uh, I got to give them credit. And the kid, you know, Jake Wallman is a the guy they got from St. Louis that uh, you know I sought to see him a couple times last year. I was really thought he's going to be a, a guy that just seems to be getting better on the blue line. So. You know, I don't know if it can be sustainable because, uh, you know, they're, they're scoring their power play is clicking over 50%. And I don't know if Larkin is on pace for, like, you know, 100 and, or excuse me, Debrink and Larkin are on pace for 150-point seasons, but, you know, or more. But uh, right now, you got to give the Wings credit. They're playing very well. Yeah, playing outstanding hockey. Teams that are off to slow starts. Um, any of those teams that have gotten off to uh, poor starts are, are you the most concerned with? Is Edmonton still the one that maybe pops the most to you of a slow start, or is there, is there anybody else that you would be overly concerned about? Tampa, I, mean, I, think I guess, the Oilers New Jersey, are, to a certain extent. Yeah. I think the Oilers are probably the most, uh, you know, the biggest one, right? Because you'd expect them to, uh, you know, we expect them to be near the top of things, and it's been some problems for sure out of the gate. Um you know, you look around the league, and Seattle's gotten off to a slow start. But you knew, I, I kind of figured they were going to take a step backwards this year. I mean, I mean, I think they still have a chance to be a playoff team. I just think that it's hard to, you know, again, it's hard to sustain what they did last year. Their shooting percentage was like kind of off the charts for an 82 game season. So, and they let, and they made some, uh, you know, changes to their roster. And some of the guys who were helpful players, like Daniel Sprong, for example, is in Detroit now. He was a helpful player for Seattle last year. Uh, the Penguins are off. You know, I, I was I was thinking the Penguins with the changes they made, they need to get off to a really faster start. You know, two and three out of the gate. You know, it's not great because there's no excuses. I mean, they have no one else coming to the team. I mean, they got Gensel back, which is great. And you would think after last year missing the playoffs, they'd want to get out of the gate strong. And yet, you know, they go into St. Louis and lose there, and uh, you know, two and three to start the season. And I mean, the point. It's a matter of a, a point or two. I mean, I look at Tampa. Yeah, it's been a, you know, it, it's it's two two and two across the board for Tampa. It's not ideal, but like you know, they're missing their their goalie who is like the linchpin of their defense, right? So I mean, that's a reason to to have a slow start. I mean, for the Pittsburgh Penguins, I would have thought there would be every reason to think they would come out of the gates, try to come out of the gates fast, and. Uh, you know, they're stumbling right now. So that's another team I would look at on the East. That's for the Devils. I don't know. I'm going to give them a little more time. I mean, they do. They have won two of the four games. They've played. They had an overtime loss and, and a regulation loss. I think they got to sort through some things. they got some new players. Yeah. But I think the Devils, uh, you know, I think the Devils will still have a, a good season. I don't I, You know, maybe it won't be as good as last year. I mean, but, but I think they'll be a playoff team. And then once they're in there, you know, maybe they will be very, very hard to deal with by that point. I included them because there were some Devil fans on Friday for the um, the podcast that never actually happened uh, that, that were never, upset that about their it. start because they had so many games at home. And I, I guess I have to say, listen, we found out they beat Detroit. That turned out to be a bigger win than maybe you thought. That's a good win, right? Yeah. You know, and in Arizona, yeah. that's not your you know your dad's Coyotes. I mean, they again they're struggling yeah. to score goals, but more competitive. They're way more competitive than they've been in recent vintage. I guess because of the home games uh, and no nothing from Timo Myers, which which I guess is a little bit of a of an yeah. issue. But God, I got to tell you, 
watching because they've played a lot of the same the same time as the Rangers. So I haven't really had a chance to sink my teeth into the Devils until that game against the Islanders. And you know the goaltending is always going to be an issue with the Devils, and they they blew the lead and all that. But what a goal by Hughes in overtime! And I was yeah. thinking about this, and it, again, it's a very small sample size. He's still very young. But the trajectory you were talking about with Jack Hughes, he is going to be their greatest forward, and it's not even close. Now, their best player, goaltender, defense, you'll need a Meyer, Brodeur, um, Stevens. But their best forwards, I guess Patrick Eliash is considered their greatest. He's the only forward to have his yeah. number retired. It's not going to be close, EJ. When this is all said and done, if this kid stays healthy, he's going to be the greatest forward this franchise has ever had. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. Um, I will say that Patrick Elias was a great player and played on a team, you know, that, you know, he, I, I think he put winning above some of the other things. Sure. Uh, that, that you could put in, you know, as a, a head of individual accolades. That's what that Devil team was all about. But that said, Jack Hughes is phenomenal. He's dynamic. Uh, he's wildly entertaining. And, yeah, I mean, if he stays healthy, uh, he's going to be – I would say for sure the best forward that the Devils ever had. But uh, it, luckily, there's so much time to go in his career. And just, oh, it was yeah. only a couple of years ago we were wondering, right, on on these podcasts, you know, is Jack Hughes, is he going to figure it out? Is he going to make it? Is he, you know, is he too small? And it was just a matter of time, you know. And uh, and he has really come into his own. And, you know, he is, a, he is a joy to watch play, that's for sure. You know, like, listen, there are times when I'm sure the coaches are shaking their head a little bit because – you know, Jack can be all over the place, but, boy, he's fun to watch, and he's wildly uh, entertaining, and he's, uh, like I said, he's tremendously skilled. So, yeah, he is uh, he is someone that uh, is going to be a joy to watch for years and years to come, hopefully. Yeah, and just, just and again, it's not just about the points, because there's a lot more points to come by than there were when Eliash played. Even if you go back to the Pat Verbeek days, he's probably in the conversation as one of the greatest forwards the Devils ever have John McClain, you know, leaps to mind too. But uh, there's just more room out. The, the things, the moves he makes, the, the the fluidity in which he skates, and I know it's a different game, but he just looks, and that whole family really, but him in particular, just yeah, know, makes it looks it. just so easy, right? Well, Quinn Hughes is fantastic, and I mean, to me, he's one of the top five defensemen in the league who seems to be getting better. I don't think people appreciate him enough because he's out in Vancouver and that team has struggled a bit. But, you know, when you watch the Canucks, I mean, this guy just jumps off the page how good he is. And uh, I think he went through a stretch of four or five games to start the season when he wasn't on the ice for a goal against at all. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, and that, that's hard to do on defense, especially when you're playing for a team that's, you know, that doesn't defend well generally. So uh, he's a great player, and then Luke now is, you know, we're going to see him emerge, and he's got something that the other two don't have. He's a little bit bigger and a little bit longer, and so he has that going for him. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of incredible what uh, Jim and Alan, the parents, uh, have three children that have uh, have reached this level is uh, is amazing. Uh, Anderson's hit on line A, gets a four-game suspension. Uh, I, I think it checked all the boxes, right? EJ left his feet, targeted the head, uh, where we were in the game. Uh, do you think it should have been more, or do you think they got it right with four games? Well, I mean, the time of the game, is like, those are the kind of things that really make my blood boil. Yeah, <laughs> It's like, you know, the game is over, and to, to just take it, 
you know, it's a cheap hit. I mean, to run at a guy like that who's not probably expecting to be hit like that and to hit him high, um, you know, it's just, uh, like I said, it was terrible. I don't know what else to say, that part of the game. I mean, it's just frustration. It's... uh, I think it's and I think it's nutless to me. I mean, like you know, to run at a guy that late in the game, and you know, if you have an issue with someone, you know, square up and, and you know, in this league, especially in a situation like that, you could still you could still sell your differences by dropping your gloves if you have a big problem. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was terrible. I've seen Anderson, you know, be on the edge before with some stuff that I didn't like, and uh, you know, he got four games. I mean, I would I would have been happy if he got ten games to be honest with you, because like. I hate I hate those type of plays. I hate that the the game is over. The game is over. The time to be physical and to make a difference in the game was two or three hours earlier. Right. And to do that at that point to me was awful. And then Line A ends up with an injury, and he did not make the trip with the team. And who knows how long he's going to be out. I hope Patrick Line is back as soon or as soon as possible. And... Uh, I just think it's just so so incredibly unnecessary and, and disrespectful to an opponent to do that. So to me, they gave him four, they gave him eight, they gave him ten. They told him to go home for the season. I, I really wouldn't have cared to be honest with you because <laughs> right. Right. I, I I just I hate that kind of stuff so much. Yeah. In games, I mean, there's plenty of time in a hockey game to make a play and to make or to make a statement physically. And to make it, you know, within the rules, and you know that was just way above and beyond. Now the NHLPA, who has to represent everybody, which is kind of a conundrum here for them. You know, they have a player who was injured, sure, and then they have a player who is, uh, you know, the, you know, the 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 person who inflicted the, the injury. Right? They have to defend both guys. So now they're looking to, I guess, appeal the suspension. But you know, we'll see how it plays out. I mean. You know, in my in my mind, it would be great if they appealed the suspension, and the commissioner said, "You know, it wasn't enough. Actually, I'm going to give you six. You know, but or or it doesn't start until line A plays. How about that? Yeah, I mean, that's always a tricky thing to go by, right? So, you know, but but you know, that is something you think about, right? I mean, yeah. like a line, I don't know how long Matt Patrick Line is going to be out. I mean, I I hope he's back tomorrow. I hope it wasn't a big thing, but like it was such a you know, like I said, it was such a dangerous. Hit, hit a guy who was unexpectedly was you know shooting at an empty net and kind of like kind of from the side and up high and the whole I mean I don't know I just no just you it's... know for me I think it was I think it was terrible I mean in the old days you know in another era Don that you remember if somebody did that they'd still be dragging the bodies out of the building right they'd still be they'd still be fighting you know in in Columbus that night I mean so um, it just it was unnecessary mm-hmm. and dumb and. I have no problem with the suspension for that kind of play. You know, we were giving some love to great starts. How about Philadelphia? How surprised are you that they're 3-1-1? One one? Well, I guess I'm a little surprised. But, I mean, they started pretty good last year. Like, John Tortorella's got to, you know, he's there to compete. And now this year, you know, Keith Jones and, and Danny Briere are, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're locked in and is in management. And, uh you know, they, I've been joking like this. Their thing is the new era of orange is their slow, their slogan there in Philly, and you know, kind of is. It's kind of an old era. That's we, you know, that's new. Is like you know, they play hard, and they're, they're going to have an identity there, which is great. I thought they had lost their identity in Philadelphia a couple they of did. years ago, and I think they've done a, you know, I think they've done a lot to kind of try to get 
you know, to find a philosophy or an identity of who they are. Now, they're not going to be the Broad Street bullies of years gone by because that just, you know, you just can't play quite to that level of uh, violence that uh, they did in the 70s. But, um, you know, they got Katuri back, they got Atkinson back, right? So there's two pros they got back in their lineup. And, uh, you know, and, and Couturier is a, you know, I mean, he is a big piece. Um, so that really helps them right there. They've they've brought in some younger guys. They get they go. They have a hard camp. They're ready to play on opening night. Not everybody is maybe as ready to go. And they and you know they they came out last year and they had a pretty good start last year. So we'll see how well, they can sustain it this year. They, I think they have a chance to sustain it more because again their roster is a little deeper now that they have some of those players back. And I think the thing that impressed me the most actually came in a loss on Saturday. I mean they're down four two in Dallas. Dallas has a power play. Yep. I mean, game's over, right? Yeah. Midway through the third. And what do they yeah. do? They score two short-handed goals on that power play yeah. opportunity for Dallas. They eventually lose on the Pavelski goal in overtime. But that's stealing a point in a very difficult yeah. um, place to play. I mean, that that impressed me maybe more than any of the wins that they've had this year. Yeah, like we just – I talked about Pittsburgh before, right? Pittsburgh's two and three. I mean, here's Philadelphia stealing points, like competing. Like, we may not think Philadelphia's a playoff team, but – like in their room, they're looking to win every night. And, uh, you know, those guys and the coaching staff, I mean, obviously they're in kind of a rebuild for sure, but, you know, they're competing every night. And when you do that, you give yourself a chance to win. So, I mean, I think the Penguins could take a page uh, out of the out of the Flyers' book in mm-hmm. terms of, uh, you know, being ready to go every right from the start of the season. Because as we saw last year, it's going to come down to a point or two again. And let's, you know, I don't know if, you know, I don't think Philly will be there at the end of the year. But if they are, that point they picked up the other night that you point out, yeah. that could be the difference, right? So uh, so we'll see how, how it goes. But the return of Couturier, hopefully he could stay healthy and continue his career. And, and Cam Atkinson, those guys, you know, they support the Connecties and some of the other pieces they have there. So, you know. And they have a good goalie. Carter Hart's a pretty good goalie. I mean, I know he's had some ups and downs, and he's still a very young man in this league. But, you know, when he's playing well, he's a good goalie. In closing here, EJ, tomorrow every NHL team will be in action. Now, that's not the story. Everybody. We've seen that before. Now, we usually we, we've seen yeah. it like on a Saturday. We're seeing it on a Tuesday. Yeah. All scattered yeah. starts. There are not one game. Not one game will start the same as another. They're all scattered. Starting at 6 o'clock. Unfortunately for me, Flames Rangers a little bit later than usually in Calgary, but that's all right. I'll get over it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and the Frozen Frenzy on ESPN. John Butchergrass is going to be the host. This was a brainchild, apparently, of Gary Bettman. Uh, wanted to see some kind of like a red zone type thing. Maybe this will be the birth of something that'll happen more than just occasionally. But I'm really looking forward to how this is going to go down, and maybe this will get some casual fans to peek in to just see how it looks. I guess for people that don't know, when there's a power play late in game because things are going to be scattered, no game is going to end at the same time, that John, just like a red zone, will take you to different games and they'll have uh, split screens and four games up at once. And it could kind of be, I think, a lot of fun tomorrow uh, to see how this all is going to look. Yeah, I mean, well, I'd say a couple of things. I mean, first of all, like at the NHL Network, we do this every night. This is what we do. We go to game to game to game to game all the time. So it's not necessarily right. like a, a brand new idea. I think the good news is the, stick, the scattered starts, and this is something I have 
kind of been back and forth with Steve Mayer, who is uh, there, you know, uh, runs their events and is involved with a lot of different things. He's involved with our group at the NHL Network now, and, and Steve's a really, you know, uh, he he is a thinker, and he's looking for always looking for different ideas and. So, like, I always enjoy when I get a chance to chat with them about, like, thinking about different things and, you know, like anything else. Some things are good ideas, some things are bad ideas, but it's been, you know, I've I've sent him notes now for a couple of years running about, you know, the scattered start. Like, yeah. like when we have six 7 o'clock games that all drop at 7.08, and then they're almost reliably all in intermission at 7.45 or 7.50, Right. This day and age, Johnny, people can watch every game. You know, like there's different ways to do it now. I mean, it's a changing environment. It used to be center ice package. Now it's ESPN Plus, and there's, there's different ways to do it. But people who love hockey will sit, and they'll, you know, on a night they come home, they put on games, they're flipping around. When every game is in intermission at the same time, you lose viewers. No, you because don't. they get distracted. They may go somewhere else. And then maybe you don't get them back for a while. Who knows? So I was always of the mind, like, why don't we have a game start at 7 7-15, 7-25? Like, and so, you know, in this particular night, this is a dramatic change, obviously, to have all the teams playing and to have 16 games and to have them all starting at different times. But I think it's great. And the fact that ESPN... And ESPN Plus is doing this. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. I mean, like again, I don't think it's a new idea. No, but it's a it's a and but ESPN has a platform and they have a megaphone to you know you know for those who don't have NHL Network or don't haven't been following in that way, it's new to them. So it's 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 good for the game, and I think it'll be something. I think the staggered start times is a good idea, and I think we should see more of yeah. it. Um, and I think really, you know, in all these sports, I mean, the NFL is another one where it's great that games come down to the wire, you know, but like if you started a game, if you kick off at 102 and then the next kickoff is at 106, or one, I mean, you, you create a little space well, for things not to end at the exact same moment. It's a great point because as a football fan that, that had the Sunday ticket um, when it was on DirecTV, how frustrating it would be flipping from game to game and they all seem to be in commercial at the exact same time because they all kick off at the same time and the flow seems to be the same. There's always one outlier game that goes a little bit longer, but the way football's structured, it just seemed like, God, I I, want to see a game because one game's in commercial and they all seem to be on the same time. They're all at the two-minute warning at the same time. They're all halftime at the same time. And the NFL finally... You know, changed it up with the with the late games, the four oh fives and the four twenty fives, but it's a good idea. And I was not suggesting EJ as a guy that worked at the NHL network and knows what you do, that ESPN by yeah. any stretch of the imagination reinvented the wheel. On the fly is something I think a lot of hockey fans have relied upon and and you guys oh, do a tremendous job yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah. On the the fly staggered starts and as you said, you know, it just is at it, the end, every at the end of the night. You know, that's right. the end, you know, that's the end of the night. But like if you tune in the NHL network on a you know, on a when on next on Thursday, I'm sure there'll be a lot of games Thursday. Right. Tune in the NHL network at you know seven forty-five, eight o'clock, eight thirty, nine o'clock, nine thirty. What you're going to see is a similar thing. You're going to see you know on some nights I'll be there or other people will be there, you know, and we'll be throwing to games and throwing to those moments. I mean, the problem, and this is you know the challenge in hockey for this stuff is in the NFL it's kind of easy. To, it's easier to do it. And in baseball, it's kind of easier to do it. I know at MLB Network, they do the same thing, right? With 
with MLB tonight where they go around during these games, like the situations present themselves more, de- they're more defined, you know? Like the NFL, the game is tight. They're in the very name of it. They're in the red zone. Let's go to that game because they're right. scoring opportunity. In the NHL, yeah, you have power plays. Let's go to this game. There's a power play, and that's an opportunity. But it's not. But goals can be scored at any moment, and that's why it's it's much more difficult. So I, I, I wish them a lot of luck there. I'm sure they'll do a great job. It's going to be good for fans. And it's just another way to have a grow our game, and I'm all for that. I just think it was funny because, like I said, the NHL Network, before I was even there, I mean, they've been doing it for 20 years, that kind of thing. So I'm hoping that it goes well, and maybe it'll be something they do more uh, you know, more often than once a year. Let's hope that's well, the case. We've had the conversation many times when we did NHL Live together. It just hits differently. Like all these networks, you know, the NFL Network, NHL, NBA TV, MLB, it's what they do. Right, but to to have it be on another network and and as you said with a with a bigger megaphone, hoping to win some more fans over, just uh, it, it it creates a little bit of a buzz, you know, especially in October when there's so much else going on. Let's face it, as much as it's a, a lot harder to make the playoffs, EJ, than it was back when we were growing up, when 16 of 21 teams made it. It's still October. It's still very early in the season. You've got college football, NFL, baseball playoffs going on. The NBA is going to be tipping off on Wednesday and Tuesday. You've got a lot of competition. So to be able to put your best foot forward when there's so much else going on, it's great for the league. It's great for the sport. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the good news, Donnie, it's a Tuesday. And if the Phillies were to wrap things up, I think they play tonight, they will have the stage to themselves because there's no NFL on Tuesday. And there would be no baseball if the Phillies were to wrap things up. There will be no Game Seven. Right. So, um, yeah, it's good. I mean, it's a good spot. So I'm look. I'm glad, and I'm really glad about the staggered starts. I mean, this is dramatically staggered yes. for all the teams. But like, just just like I said, on a you know, when there's six or seven games at the same time, even if they were a few minutes apart, it makes. I think it makes a difference. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I think uh, it'll be good for fans, and hopefully the, the guys will have fun doing it. Well, we had a long podcast here, so I, I actually forget the word that I used to describe your appearance today. It wasn't ecstasy. Ecstasy, right. So I want to stick with that. You know, it, it's the kind of podcast, DJ, quite frankly, if I was going to go to bed, I'd have to sleep on my back. I don't know if I'd be able to sleep on my stomach. It, it was to that point. It was the, to that level of ecstasy that we were able to achieve today. All right, all right. Well, listen, if you want to name any more names next week, feel free. All right, Tom. Uh, we'll throw Tom yeah. Bauer, Ray Dean, we're throwing all the names out. All right, there you go. There they're you go. all they're all going to own it. All right, well, listen, you have a good day, and uh, adieu to all the hockey fans out Yes, there. and when do, you, when do you leave Both for uh, Calgary? Or actually, Edmonton. Uh, well, uh, Edmonton, I leave uh, Saturday morning. Saturday morning. All right, so look forward to Toronto it. and get out there. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be a really – and we're calling the game right from the rink side. So that's going to be really I, – I love that. I've, been, I've had the opportunity to sit there once or twice for games before. You just see things when you're that close that you just have no chance to see from a distance. So yeah. Yeah, and, and no direct flights Newark to Edmonton. There, there's – there's one to Calgary. I think it's like three o'clock every afternoon. Edmonton got to go through Toronto, but you'll 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 have fun. Yeah, I'll make it. I'll All right, take care, buddy. I appreciate it. <laughs>
All right. That's that's the great E.J. Raddick. Always fun to talk to him. So check that out. NHL International for our people that are listening overseas. He'll have the call, the play-by-play for the Heritage Classic coming up this weekend from Edmonton. Uh, One game tonight because of all the games that are going to get played tomorrow. It's actually a pretty good one. Montreal at Buffalo. And then it's on. 16 games. If you listen to the Michael K. Show tomorrow, I am going to have an ice pick for every one of the 16 games tomorrow. So... Thank you for joining us. Rick Carpinello is going to join us on Wednesday. He's got the brand new Ranger book uh, that I want to be able to promote. I just started reading it this weekend. It's fabulous. It gives you the history. He started covering the team in the 78-79 season and right up until last year. So he's got a ton of stories, a ton of great stuff over the 40 years of covering the New York Rangers for the Journal News, for the Athletic, and for MSG Network. So he's a, we're going to have him on to talk about his book, promote his book. Brian Leach does the forward. So he'll be joining us coming up on Wednesday. We'll talk to you again then. We'll also work in some social media as well. We'll recap uh, the frozen frenzy from Tuesday. Should be a lot of fun. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.